I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to the cast next door where we love your mother's cookies. I'm your host, Josh, and joining me today for the final time are Shannon. Hi. And Tim. Hey. So what we do here is we watch The Boy Next Door, the 2015 thriller starring Jennifer Lopez, and then we break it down minute by minute. Today we are closing out our week together with minute 24, which is pretty hot and heavy. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, as we talked about in our last minute, they were doing a lot of uh, kissing. Uh, there was a lot of uh, her saying no and and uh, trying to protest. And this minute begins with him telling her to uh, let him love her. And uh, then he takes uh, a hold of her butt and hoists her up and <laughs> carries her into the next room and removes his shirt where we get abs ahoy. And he then, which I thought was pretty strange, puts her hands on his abs. <laughs> like, he's he's very proud of those abs. I mean, he has every right to be. They're amazing. But um, I thought that was a very strange motion. Like, put your hands on these and feel them. And uh, then they proceed to uh, go at it. He uh, slips his hand inside of her underwear and then proceeds to tell her that she's perfect everywhere. Uh, so... <laughs> So yeah, let's just let's let's go for it. Oh, Tim is a dad. I don't want to talk about this with a dad. No offense. <laughs> it's okay. I was as uncomfortable Sorry. with it as you are, so I don't know what to say. I mean, I love a good back. Some of you may know me, probably don't know. I just love a good back. You know, he's got a really nice muscly back that's pretty much my main thoughts for this minute well these scenes are always really interesting to me because i always uh read stories about actors who when they talk about um uh having to appear shirtless the things that they do in order to prepare for those moments for instance in uh in the film the guest uh dan stevens talks about the scene where he had to appear shirtless and the things that he was doing, like he was drinking a Diet Coke and he hadn't had anything to drink like for a day prior. And then he did a bunch of push-ups and sit-ups so that his muscles were popping. And like, and you hear all these other stories about um, like Hugh Jackman when he was in The Wolverine and he had to appear shirtless. He hadn't had any fluids in like two days. And so he was extremely veiny and ripped. And you're like... What did Noah, what did the actor playing Noah have to do um, prior to this scene? Was he like off off camera, you know, doing these, you know, 150 push-ups to get ready and like doing a bunch of crunches, getting ready for this this moment in the film because it's a very important, pivotal moment? Or, well, hey, for that matter, that I mean, I mean, what was the character Noah doing to prepare for this? I mean, we know he, <laughs> he scripted this moment, right? Yes, you're right. I mean, he had to be really, really prepping for this, really. He <laughs> he, he, did a bunch of push-ups and sit-ups before she got there, and then he's just flexing under his shirt while they're 
sitting there at the table. He's just trying to keep everything, all the blood flowing and keep everything moving and uh, and keep those muscles tight. So he was like it, it. That's why there was such a sudden jump from them just talking about the date into uh, full on sexy town because he was like, I've got to I've got to do something. Otherwise, I'm going to pass out because I, I can't keep flexing underneath my shirt. Listen, I'm no prude. I've seen Magic Mike, too. OK, <laughs> I just happen to prefer the boy in his white shirt and jeans combo because he gives me a little bit of a young Marlon Brando in Streetcar Named Desire vibe when he does that. And that's kind of my personal favorite flavor. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you know, he's a good looking, he's a good looking man. He's a, he's a good looking man. He's not a boy. He's a man. He's a good looking man. Uh, the, that's my intelligent contribution. I mean, I will say that both he and uh, J-Lo are ridiculously attractive people. So if we had to watch uh, these people pretend to have sex on film, I mean, it could be way worse. Could be worse, certainly. (laughs) I still think that these scenes could be improved by power ballads, but... No, I I 100% agree, yes. What you brought up last minute sounds like an amazing amazing addition to the film. I would love to see someone rescore this movie with just great, crazy power ballads. A J-Lo cover of Total Eclipse of the Heart during this scene. <laughs> right, but like in a minor key, right? Yes. So it's like kind of sinister. Yes. Like yes. foreshadowing <laughs> stuff, I don't know. Um, so at this point, uh, it does seem as though her protests have stopped. <laughs> Finally, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. This just sounds terrible out of context. I yeah, mean, it does. In I mean, context, it's good, but at the same time, woof. woof. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, it was it was uh, interesting, though, that at that point, it, it seemed to it's she seemed to stop protesting actually right at the beginning of the minute when he said, let me love you. And. I don't know if they were trying to subtly say something there or not, uh, that like he's using this word, he's using the love word and that she's in this, you know, kind of rocky relationship with her husband. I don't even know if they're technically divorced or not. No, they're I don't I really don't think they are. I think they're separated. You know, and so just maybe they're trying to say that just hearing this guy say this nice thing to her, uh, you know, makes her more open to what's happening. I, I don't know. It's just, it's the whole thing is very kind of still kind of creepy. It's like he's, he's trying to push buttons for her, like that she felt neglected in her marriage. Right. And he says you should be cherished and loved. Like it's, he's trying to make it as though it's not just about sex for him. Right. He's, he's loving her. He has an emotional attachment to her. It's like, he's really trying to, to play off of what he knows are, are her feelings of, inadequacy after her husband went off to San Francisco. I mean, maybe he's projecting on her. He thinks she feels more abandoned in her circumstances than she actually does because he feels emotionally abandoned by his family circumstances. Based on what we've seen so far, it seems like he's kind of lonely at home. So, uh, so yeah, is there anything else that you guys, um, 
want to discuss about this minute. Uh, obviously, we are setting up for some even hotter stuff for the next group that takes over uh, and discusses uh, minute 25. But Talk about diving in in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... At this point, unless there's anything else you guys want to discuss, we can move on and kind of get your thoughts um, on the movie as a whole. Sure. Let's do that. So, uh, Shannon, if you want to begin, sort of just general thoughts, obviously nothing too spoilery, but but yeah, what did you think of the movie? I watched this, uh, I did like an online group watch with a group of girls from the Flophouse group, so it was a great time, and I think that this is definitely a movie that I recommend watching with friends and with alcohol, uh, as I did. Um, and you know, I grew up watching like bad Lifetime movies and stuff, so I definitely have a certain fondness for this type of movie when I'm in the right kind of mood, and that kind of mood is drunk. So, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a fondness for this kind of movie, um, and this one, there's a, because it's competently enough made, you know, it, it it goes by quickly enough, and I thought that the actor who played the boy uh, put a lot of heart into his performance, and J-Lo isn't apathetic, and I liked uh, Kristen Chenoweth's performance in the movie because I love Broadway stuff, and it's always fun to see her. So, uh, you know, obviously, as I've already said earlier in our episodes, the sexual politics of this movie don't ring true for me. But it's a fun thing to watch with a group. I probably wouldn't put it on by myself, but I had fun with it. So, Tim, what did you think? I loved it. I don't know. I, I just had a lot of fun watching it. Like Shannon said, I think the guy playing the boy uh, was great to me. I like. I think he he understood what I thought the tone of the film was supposed to be, and really kind of mm-hmm. camped it up uh, in a way that was that was a lot of fun to watch. And there was, there's just enough stuff that happens that's crazy and doesn't really make sense that it, it kind of keeps you on your toes in a way that maybe it didn't intend to, but is fun. And I like Kristen Chenoweth too, even though I didn't really understand what her haircut was in this. It looked like the lady from John and Kate plus eight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, I watched it with my wife about a week and a half ago and she did not appreciate it in the way that I did, but, um, (laughs) but we, we had fun watching it. Yeah, I I would agree, um, with, with you guys. Uh, I, I, in my previous minutes, I sort of, uh, laid out what I thought about the movie, but, um, but yeah, I think that you're, you're right, Tim, in that, uh, the actor who plays the boy, uh, whose, whose name is Ryan Guzman, and I was hoping that he was somehow related to Louis Guzman. (laughs) That would be amazing. Amazing. And I will say, I really do get like a young Brando vibe from some of his scenes. I don't think he's a bad actor at all. It's just that the the material he was handed was garbage, but you're completely right, Tim. He understood the tone of the film probably better than any other actor in it. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say is that he, he seemed to, like Tim said, he seemed to get it. Uh, and I, I kind of wish that everybody else had sort of been on the same page. In on the um, joke. <laughs> yeah, like had had risen to that level because I think the movie could have been a lot more fun if it just went. And it does go pretty crazy as as it goes on. But I, I would have liked it to get even crazier. This movie 
was directed by Rob Cohen, who has kind of like quite an oeuvre of shitty B and C movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, the podcast We Hate Movies has been doing a lot of his movies recently and over the years because he just has so many. And it seems like his movies do have a problem with maybe taking themselves a little bit too seriously at times. And it seems to be more a failure of direction than any other component because you know he has things like stealth which is a movie about a talking plane (laughs) that doesn't seem to have any sort of sense of humor about itself at all right which almost makes me surprised that that ryan guzman's performance kind of slipped through the way that it did yeah yeah maybe he just took it upon himself to say like i know what this movie should be and so i'm gonna do it and you know, it somehow happened to just uh, Rob Cohen didn't notice it. Right. <laughs> well, I, he's, he's still very charismatic and charming. So maybe he just kind of charmed his way through. I think there are quite a few actors. Um, I wouldn't put Ryan Guzman on the same plane as some of the people I'm about to mention, but it's sort of an example of this phenomenon. Probably the most famous example is Paul Newman, but I think also recently one of my favorite actors, Patrick Wilson. They're so handsome that people don't realize that they really are good actors. I think that was hugely true of Newman. It's something I see now all the time with Patrick Wilson. And I think Ryan Guzman is a really good actor, but I don't know his looks might actually inhibit him from getting bigger kinds of roles in a way, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. It would be interesting to see what he does, uh, you know, a little bit on down the line, a couple of yeah. years from now, if he, if he somehow hooks up with a good director who can harness a good performance out of him uh, or who can see his performance for what it is and, and help him uh, sort of work on that. Well, we'll keep our eyes peeled for you, Mr. Guzman. <laughs> oh, it's impossible to say that. Nothing of Luis Guzman. <laughs> I looked, and it, unfortunately, they are not related, but it would be so great if they were. <laughs> now I really want Ryan Guzman to tweet at Luis Guzman like um, Donald Glover tweeted at Danny Glover one time, soccer practice is over, come pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> If they were related, I would hope that that would mean that that Ryan Guzman would show up in like uh, Journey 3 with Luis Guzman and The Rock and they could go into some crazy adventure and ride giant bees or something. I figured it out. So because those movies are all about bringing in different science fiction stories. So Luis Guzman and The Rock get into some sort of transporter thing, but it accidentally combines their genes and produces Ryan Guzman. He's the halfway (laughs) point between The Rock and Luis Guzman. (laughs) That would be an amazing movie. In terms of looks and physique. (laughs) He he got the physique of The Rock and and he got... The swarthiness of Luis Guzman. The comedy chops. But he's also, he's not as big as The Rock. No, no. Who is? But you know what I mean. I'll sell it to the first person to give me $700,000. You know how to get in touch with me. All right. Well, um, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about, I think that we have uh, talked out this minute and the film... And it's time for us to wrap it up. I just want to say, I think that the costuming in this whole movie is great. So if you're watching it, just keep your eyes peeled. I think a lot of thought and detail went into those costumes. So hats off to whoever designed it. All right. So um, would you guys like to plug anything today, uh, Shannon? Sure. You can find me on the internet at Shannon-Camp, spelled C-A-M-P-E, dot com. All right. And Tim? 
Um, I have actually appeared on three previous episodes of this very podcast that you're listening to right now. And they were all great. Well, uh, thank you guys very much for joining me for the last uh, four episodes of The Cast Next Door. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can have you guys back on uh, future installments. All right. Thank I hope you. so too, Jay Holla, Jay Money. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to you out there for listening to the cast next door where we love your mother's cookies. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, Josh Hollis, with my guests, Shannon Camp and Tim Fargus. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Artwork and editing by Josh Hollis. Produced by Darren Husted. Executive producer, Josh Hollis. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yorkin, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?